Buzz with Maya the Bee. All right, thanks for tuning in to The Buzz with Maya the Bee. I have a very special, special guest, guest in the building. Well, not really in the building. <laughs> it's COVID season, so no one's in the building anymore. But I have Beasley on the line who is who people know from URL TV, Smack, DVD, uh, Warner, Asylum, Record Executive, all that good stuff. Um, thanks, Beasley, for coming on. I appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been a long time, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <sighs> so I've been kind of watching the journey of you and Smack, I think, since the beginning. So it's definitely, definitely come a long, long way. What What is going on right now with you guys? Because I know that, you know, battle raps, require large audiences for that energy and that that kind of vibe that you guys have been known for how have you kind of pivoted now and figured out how to still kind of maximize during this whole quarantine situation yeah i mean it's been kind of crazy because of course as as many have seen online we usually do have lot large crowds with big energy <clears throat> And that's kind of what's been featured and shown. But, you know, we've also created a a narrative so that we can have small room battles where it's more focused on the lyricism of the MCs as opposed to the big crowd, the antics and other things that you might see. Because some guys are better performers. Some guys are better lyricists. Some guys do better in smaller room situations and some guys do better with the big crowds and stuff. So, of course, being that it's COVID-19 lockdown, we can't do the big rooms. So we've been uh, kind of, you know, stuck with doing small room events. But it's actually been pretty good because just like the NBA or UFC or any of the other major sports, you know, if, you know, if you want to be able to, to still, you know, do your thing, you got to follow the rules of the counties that you're in and, you know, do what's COVID safe. And um, we've picked up, you know, a page out of the book of those sports organizations and we're doing the same things. I like it. Everyone is kind of figuring out like new ways to create, um, you know, platforms for these like traditional kind of businesses. Um, I just saw on the news that Netflix had picked up 10.1 million subscribers since COVID started since March. So just mm. the, I didn't even know there was that many more subscribers to pick up. So, um, you know, it just shows like how much <clears throat> streaming and it's in its own right is, is like, you can't live without it anymore. So it only makes sense that you guys are still able to maximize with streaming. And, and even though, you know, the audience situation is different, just like with the NBA, um, how are the participants though reacting to this? Are people like, you know, not feeling this new setup? Are they still like, are they um, trying to you, wait you, it you, out? You, you know, you got fans, <clears throat> you have fans who like the crowds and the energy, you know, of the big room shows. But then you have diehard fans who are like, yo, listen, man, all I want to do is see these guys compete, see the bars, you know, um, hear what they have to say. So they're happy to get something as opposed to getting nothing at all. 
So um, I think now at this point, they've become accustomed and people understand that we're in a global pandemic. Every now and then you get a couple of idiots who are like, yo, where's the crowd? What's, you know, what? why are you guys not doing the big rooms anymore? Is that any, but you know, then people are like, yo, man, we're in a global pandemic. There are no big rooms. There are no venues. Right. There are no, there's nowhere to be able to do that at. And, you know, as we grow as a company, you know, we have to follow those rules and regulations you know, as our situations get bigger and as the company expands, you know, we're we're viewed as the leader of the culture. So if we're not practicing uh, safety rules, then, you know, we kind of set the standard and it's just not a good look. So, you know, we do stuff like rapid COVID testing before events. So when the guys are close to each other, they can have the security and knowing that their opponent isn't sick. And if a guy tests positive for um, the COVID-19 virus, you know, we don't do the match and then, um, you know, we let them, you know, recuperate and quarantine. And when they get better, we reschedule the matches. So that's kind Has of that how happened? we've been moving. Um, we haven't had a situation yet where there's been situations where one guy came down with it and he didn't even show up to the event. So he let people know okay. that he was sick and didn't even come. So he didn't take the risk of possibly infecting his opponent mm-hmm. or anyone else that he could come into contact with at an event. So he stayed home and isolated. And now we're rescheduling the match. He's tested since then, and he's come up clean. All right. <clears throat> well, that should uh, make people feel secure, especially, you know, when you're battling. I mean, when you're having a heated argument, you could spit on somebody. So when you're battling, I can only imagine all kinds of spit can fly. Um, so real quick, because I'm a little bit, I will say out of the loop. Um, Tell me who is the kind of big names right now. I remember like people like T-Rex, Murder Mook, Averb, (laughs) who, I mean, I see some, like I just see DNA, but who else are like kind of the leaders right now that are uh, holding it down for for URL? I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, some of the um, ones that you mentioned are still popular, like Averb you know, and those guys, but then you also have like new guys who have come up. DNA, of course, is still popular and one of the main guys, but then you have new guys like T-Top and Briz Rothstein and, you know, you have uh, guys who have been around now who are actually becoming stars based on the environment, like Chilla Jones and B-Dot are like two guys who are real lyrical, who didn't really have a lot of success in the bigger room environments, but because you know, their style is more so focused on lyricism and there are no crowds. Now the viewer is listening and watching battles in a different way. So these guys are starting to flourish and become bigger during the pandemic. So it's right. kind of strange, you know what I mean? But it's it's dope and it's great that, you know, the culture is um, is respecting and appreciating guys who uh, perform differently than what the norm is or, you know, to what we do in the big rooms or when there's a crowd. But um, kind of to answer your question, there's a ton of new guys uh, we've been developing through the different um, outlets that we have. We have a tournament that we run where we give away $25,000 to the winner. That's been pretty good, and that's helped us actually showcase a lot of guys who are new or guys who have been around who kind of needed that boost. You know, with the elevated marketing and promotion that we have, it's been able to birth a lot of new names. Even during this pandemic, we've been able to work 
in um, certain markets that are allowing shoots to take place. So it's it's actually been pretty good for us, I would say. I mean, we haven't really okay. we slowed down some, and of course, we lost our box office because you know we sell out. So you know, in just about every market that we go to, and and a lot of these big events, but we don't have that anymore. But it's forced us to adapt and do more shows to, you know, and, and force us to find ways to be creative and still entertain the audience. So you guys are basically like a TV channel now almost. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's URL TV at the end of the day. Right. Right. Like right now, what, we, what we've done prior to, prior to the lockdown is um, we did a deal with um, Drake and OVO and they brought us to um, a live streaming video gaming channel or app called um caffeine and um caffeine's a great strategic partner for us it's all about the live experience and you know they had um offset there they had doja cat they had the game and um a few other people and that's you know basically you know they, they were just playing guys playing video games and you know bringing their audience to the platform but once url um, went over there and started doing our thing. We've actually become like the number one uh, followed uh, company or, you know, Smack is, has the most followers on the channel, the biggest influence. We bring in the most numbers. So it's been um, a great situation because they have the live rights, which means that they, instead of us streaming our content on our web platform, which was um, watchbattlelive.com, they actually have come in and said, "Hey, don't air, don't don't sell your stuff on pay per view. We're gonna air it over here for free, which is pretty good because that allows us to advertise more and um, bring in new people who are not accustomed to paying a fifty dollar price point for battle rap." All right, I have a question that a lot of people I think are curious about, and that's just like, why? What is the? I don't know if it's a stigma, but that battle rappers can't actually have like mainstream careers, like music careers. Right. Is that still something, you know, that's pretty prevalent or are there people out there that I don't know about that have turned from, you know, the URL arena and have been able to make it mainstream. And if they haven't, like, what is it? Is it because these, the people that you're dealing with are really just like, bar spitters they're not really like studio kind of rappers like what do you think it is i think it's a combination of different things of course there's a stigma that still stands sticks from like uh the golden era from like the early you know 90 where there was an explosion of battle rappers at that time who were rapping over music who were getting signed to deals because you know back then they were in the time of um where you could just be creative, find a new artist, put them in the studio, mold them into what you wanted them to be. You could just sign someone because you thought they were a good rapper and it didn't wasn't based on research and, you know, spins and viewership and streams and things like that. <clears throat> but, you know, some of those guys just weren't in the studio, you know. And I think that what the main thing that people have to understand is that battle rap is definitely a skill. And it's you know the difference between a recording artist and a and a and a um and a battle rapper is like the difference between a UFC fighter and a boxer. They're both they're both combat sports, 
but they're two totally different sports. There's a whole bunch of different variables that separate one from the other. You know, boxing, you can't take guys down to the mat and put them in submissions and choke them and, you know, hit knees and elbows. It's a whole different skill set. And I think, you know, a lot of times people think it's like the past where guys are battling for record deals. Mm -hmm. So if they win the competition, they get signed to Atlantic Rec. That's not what this is at all. This is a totally different skill set that has morphed into a whole different sport. So, you know, the, there's the, of course, you know, the more, you, you know, repetition is the mother of skills. So the more you do something, the more you're better at it. So if you don't have studio experience and you're not in the booth rapping over and over and over again, you're not going to make, I would say, the type of music that's out now or just those type of songs because you don't have you don't have a studio experience and a rapper you know a lot of people look at their rappers as superheroes like oh man he's not better than this guy or j cole or kendrick lamar or or whoever else is the new lyricist but those guys would have serious trouble competing in battle rap it's it's so many different variables that it takes to be a battle mc so Um, I think think the two things are are two totally different things. However, there are some guys from the URL arena who've had had success like Sue Surf, who's released a number of record albums and projects, one with him and Mozzie from the West Coast. He's released a couple on his own. He's actually charted and really placed high on the independent charts as well as um, just the rap charts in general. And he's had big music videos that have done well. So I think that, you know, if you apply yourself and you practice in, in the field of recording music, you know, you'll be able to do it. You right. Know? And then also you have to think what we know as rap music, the majority of the people who are in battle rap are actually lyricists and rappers. What we call rap now or what people refer to as rap really isn't. It's hip hop influence, but it's definitely a derivative of what original rap music is. Like these guys and don't have the same spirit of the MC. Like they don't care about being the best rapper. Right. You know, or if you call them out, they don't wanna compete against you on a record or a diss track or go back and forth with you like T.I. and Flip or Jadakiss and Beanie Siegel or Jay-Z and Nas. Right. These guys don't have that kind of ability to go up to a Funk Master Flex or one of these other platforms and for them just to throw a beat on and for them to rhyme because they don't even rhyme in those types of patterns. And culturally, they don't care about being viewed as the best MC. When you had <laughs> Lil Wayne and those guys running around. They were like, I'm the best and I'm willing to prove it. Jay-Z, T.I., Scarface, these rappers took pride in being the best at the skill of rapping. Mm -hmm. Hip-hop is not based around the skill of rapping anymore. It's more, you know, song and rhythm-based, party-based, and turn-up music. These guys are not really lyricists and they're not rappers. They're kind of a hybrid between R&B singers and cool <laughs> no, just be real. I, I know. No, that's... they're like a hybrid of R&B singers, you know, who utilize auto tune, and they rap a little bit, but it's more so in a melodic singing right. type of way. Right. And that's what's hot right now. You know what I mean? That's that's where the culture is. That's what the majority of the music that's being made 
pushes forward. So I think I, I actually am kind of fortunate that that happened because now when you look for lyricism in hip hop from a competitive standpoint, it lives in battle rap. It lives on the URL. It doesn't live in the current state of music. Nobody's in right. the studio listening. Yo, he killed it. I got to make my album better than his. Or no one's taking shots at their opponent subliminally in records. I damn the response so I can crush right. him. That That is gone. You know what I'm saying? Sad. These guys, <laughs> they get mad. You say something about them. They make a they make an internet blog and call <laughs> Instagram it a story. Boy, and they go exactly. on Instagram story they go and they talk about you know me, bro. He don't got no more money than me. I'd have got more money than him. He ain't made no money in a whole year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's how they battle. You know what I'm saying? And you know, then they threaten each other and then they go on DJ academics and you know, they go back and forth. That's the that's the time period of where we're at right. culturally in regards to the skill of rap. So, you know, this is the only place where guys are saying, I'm a better rapper than you. Right. And I'm willing to prove it and embarrass you and humiliate you in front of thousands of people and the rest of the world. Are you down to do the same? Mm-hmm. So there's no, this is the only place where there's any type of battle or competition. Anything else that's out there is that's not a battle or a competition. There is, that doesn't exist in our culture mm. anymore. It only exists in battle rap. That is like so crazy because <clears throat> like, especially now that you're saying it, like I haven't seen in a freestyle in forever. Like from, you know, like people don't even <laughs> do that anymore. Remember, like imagine if the Migos had to go up with Rockefeller when they did those hot 97 freestyles or like had to go up against Rough Riders or something. They they would get crushed like I miss those days so much where you know people would just jump on a beat and they'd be like okay that was that was a pretty dope record let me get on it you know <clears throat> you don't right. you don't see that anymore all right and, so- and I don't I don't hold those guys to those standards I see people getting mad oh they're not rappers they're not real that's not hip hop it right. is hip hop but they're not really truly rappers like I wouldn't expect any of these guys that are out making these records and these catchy songs that we see on the gram with the dances and the guys with the purple twisted hair and the tattoos <laughs> on their face. Those guys are no, I wouldn't, I would expect the same thing out of Celine Dion that I would get from those guys at a radio station. I think making those guys <laughs> rap at a radio station is totally unfair because that's not the culture that they came up in. They came up in a different melodic sing songy culture. Right. So they don't they don't have rhymes. So now Beasley, I wanna I wanna get into Smack DVD with you because that's initially kind of where we met. That that was definitely something that inspired me. I was always the girl that was wanted to do what the guys were doing, whether it right. was playing basketball or whatever, football. I always wanted to be wherever you know, the guys were. Uh, and Smack DVD was where all the dudes were. Everybody was talking about it. You know, you could find it in corner bodegas. You could find it in the barber shop. You could find it on the A train. Um, it was definitely a, uh, I, for me and for a lot of other people, it definitely, like, it was the beginning of something really big, like a huge wave of, first you guys were doing interviews and that wasn't even 
something that was being done like that unless it was like the source and xxl people weren't the the video magazine was the new thing i remember i got my i'm like i'm doing a video magazine too (laughs) um uh but so tell me like where how did you and smack come up with this like where did this idea even come from and how did you get it started okay smack dvd was smack's brainchild and he had already had it going before meeting me um I was in, interested in just trying to get um, some rappers onto the DVD because I had s- saw the first first um, release. And I was like, yo, how do you get on this thing? And then there was like no contact number for Smack. There's no phone number. He wasn't on camera, so nobody knew what he looked like. It was like damn near impossible to find him. You kind of <laughs> had to be in tune with the street. And at the time, a friend of mine had, an art- had a group signed to Atlantic Records called Nappy Roots. And Nappy Roots was shooting a video shoot. So I just so happened to go to the video shoot. And as I'm walking into the building, someone's walking out and we bump into each other. And we're, like we're on our phones or whatever. And then when we did that, we said, oh, excuse me, man, pardon me, bees. I'm smack. And that's, that's kind of how we met. It was like by accident. And then from that point on, I was like, yo, I've been trying to find you, man. Like, I've been seeing your DVD. I saw your DVD. I wanted to get some people on there. So we took, we exchanged numbers. And then like the next day he came up to the Bronx and got that infamous Corey Guns freestyle that went on to kind of like <laughs> really blow him up. And that we shot with the heat makers. That one was and outside, right? On like yeah, 125th? Yeah, no, nah, it was on, it? it was in the Bronx. Oh, okay. And he was in the car with his friend when he's like a little kid oh, yeah, and his yeah, friend. Yeah. Get them bitches. <laughs> <clears throat> and then um from that from that point on, you know, we went over to Soundview. We had got with Lord Tariq and those guys over there. So I was kind of just feeding him the questions because I knew Corey and Tariq and all those guys. And from that point on, people liked the DVD once it dropped. They're like, I like the questions that this guy is asking or whatever. So Smack was doing the camera work and the editing. And then I just started asking the questions. And then I said, you know, I knew some people in the music business. He knew some people. So then from that point, we just started working with each other. And then we noticed that one of the features people liked a lot were the battles. And um, we just continued to do the battles. And then we started to interview people like Jeezy, um, Wu-Tang, Ludacris, The Game, um, 50 Cent. Eminem. Eminem, (laughs) Kanye West, R. Kelly. You know, we were like before there was a world star hip hop or YouTube or any of these other hip hop platforms, there was Smack DVD. And that's how messages were transferred through the street. (laughs) And, you know, that's just what it was, you know, that was what was what was the first battle that you guys had on on Smack? Um, the first battle. The first um. The first battle that we had, well, the first one that went really big was, um, well, the first one was Jay Mills and Sia Castro. And then the one after that was Jay Mills and Murder Mook. And that was the one that yes, went yeah. really big. You know what I mean? So those were like the early pioneers days. And it was also the changing of the guard because before then, everybody rapped on beats. 
you know, but then since once once the Smack DVD came out and showed guys rapping and battling a cappella, that style became antiquated. And from then nobody ever looked back from that point. And and battles are done like that to this day. <clears throat> so I happen to say that we had a major influence in changing the landscape of battling because it was usually done over a beat and the rounds were sixty seconds and the beats kind of dictate you know, how you rap as opposed to when you, when there is no beat, you can do any flow, any style. It's up to you to captivate the audience and hold their attention. You know, when you're in a building with 11, 1200 people and they're standing and they're hanging on your every word, you have to, you know, project, you have to have time, comedic timing, you know, flow, style, energy, originality, you know, you got to really control that audience or they'll boo you. So it takes a lot to be an MC now as opposed to you just jumping on the beat and, you know, keeping it real basic and saying this and this and this and your mama is this. Oh, it's not that. This is eight mile on steroids. This is something totally different. If you haven't watched it and you're not built into the storylines and the drama behind the scenes and who dissed who. And, you know, this is like, no holds barred. This is verbal UFC. Guys will come in, they'll talk about your living situation, your wife, your mother, when you got robbed, who robbed you. They'll compile any type of information they can possibly get. I mean, even recently, one of the guys I was battling, there was a videotape going around of his baby's mother, you know, practicing fellatio on somebody. <laughs> the guy brought the video to the battle and put it in the cameras nice. of her doing her thing. So there's no holds barred here. These guys, any weakness, vulnerability that you have, anything that they could use, they're going to, you know, they're going to bring that to the battle. So you got to be aware. You got to be on point. You got to be sharp. It's not just who raps better. It's about who can perform better sometimes. Sometimes it's a certain angle. Sometimes someone can find out something about you guys have snitched and people have produced paperwork on them so it's just <laughs> you got to be clean in this game because anything you do they'll bring it up you know if your lady slept with somebody and you didn't know one guy <laughs> slept with another guy's girl <laughs> and <laughs> in the battle he revealed that he slept with her and broke down all this different stuff that he knew about the other guys you just never know what you're going to face or experience so you have to be able to expect anything no. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've been to, <clears throat> I've been to many, many battles, especially the ones back in the day. The the best. I mean, for me, just because I feel like they were part of the beginning of it, like the Sirius Jones battle, where there was either there was like I was, I remember it was a gymnasium, then there was like a shootout, and then we had to go to a secret location and all this craziness. So. I remember how. No, it wasn't. They didn't. They just had a fight. They didn't shoot out. Uh, <clears throat> it wasn't a shootout. Well, okay. It's pretty dramatic. Okay, You're pretty dramatic. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay, okay. We'll 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 just say that. But um, it was definitely. Um, it was always like. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, always you expected something. I mean, I think at the like when I left New York, you guys really had things under control where it became more of a professional event. Like you had Drake there and you had all these like 
you know, high profile people that really can't be around some crazy shit with something. Exactly. Pop. So I, I definitely saw that transition, but what you guys were known for was those, those beefs. And there were like big beefs. It was like Jim Jones and, you know, French Montana and all the big, you know, situations, Rick Ross, that all that stuff that was going on. Um, but I want to yeah. give credit to, the interviewing skills because what I loved about you guys is that it wasn't just like trash interviewing, you know, it wasn't just like, let me get what all the gossip and the juice out of this. It was like trying to get to the bottom of things, but in a way that there was like class and morals and ethics involved. It wasn't like you guys weren't just coming to do, you know, whatever, trying to get, views but you were getting views because it was so authentic and you being in the music industry you really knew the ins and outs of everything and being you know on the production side of stuff knowing you know working with artists and producers you were able to kind of relate on a on a different level and you know as as me as the aspiring journalist coming up I definitely loved that style because I felt like you don't need to make someone look like a clown to get, you know, your, your content looked at. Um, people respect you when you actually make them look good. Jim Jones is going to call you. Drake is going to call you when they have something, you know, they're not, it's not like Wendy Williams, who people are never going to call when they have a project coming out. So definitely would like to commend you on that, Beasley. Is that something... Definitely. That you miss because you don't, you don't really, I, I know you do the voice, you're the voice of URL TV, but is that something that you got, you're ever going to like incorporate um, again or? I think, I think like everything else, right? Like it, as the times and the years progress and technology progresses, everything changes, right? The sound of music, how we make music, you know, when things turn into a business, it changes the, it changes everything. You know, and I think once cameras became more accessible, um, you know, cameras started to go on phones or the cameras became cheaper that would deliver that quality. It eliminated that business because now, you know, guys have their own cameramen. They can paint their own narratives. They can drop stuff on their own channels and their own social media when they want to convey a message. They don't need any one particular outlet. And if you notice magazines are not as powerful as they used to be. You know, the, 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 the trades that we used to look to for news, it's old by the time it lands in a magazine. Because guys are putting this information out immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we noticed and saw early on, I guess around 2007, 2008. And we knew that the only thing that we could control were the battles because it's like a boxing match. It's like once two guys compete, they're not going to say, hey, let's box again next week, too. You know, but if someone's doing an interview about how they don't like somebody, they're going to do it at Hot 97. They're going to do it at Power 105. Then they get out of, the, out of there. There were kids with their own blogs that worked at the radio station that would interview them on the couch. So by the time I get that stuff, get around, compile a bunch of interviews and stuff onto a DVD and try to sell it, I'm I'm way behind. The beef's probably already squashed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's old. Right. So we realized that that just wasn't going to happen anymore. As in, you know, 
all the websites and, and blogs exploded. You had World Star Hip Hop. You had all these different things who were grabbing our content and throwing it up, stripping it from our DVDs. So it just destroyed that whole medium. Right. You know, now, you know, you can't, you, you can't give a DVD away for free right now. Who even yeah. has a DVD player? I mean, I don't. Right. Um, <laughs> Everything, everything's free. So that kind of really changed things. And that's kind of what put us in the direction of battle rap. And, you know, we, we, we had a fan base for it. So we kind of went that direction and moved away from it. And at first people laughed and they said, oh, how are you guys going to make money? And Oh, you these unsigned guys, they can't make music. So their vision was that these guys are all trying to be recording artists and right. not all of them are. Some of them just want to battle. And now it's to the point where some of these guys make a living just battling mm -hmm. and they don't aspire to be recording artists. They don't make music consistently. They're not seeking out record deals. They just want to battle. Right. You know, and that's that's the goal to build, you know, battle rap and URL up to the point where this is just its own sport within the hip hop culture. Its own lyrical, you know, hip hop sport. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, yeah, I think that's what you've been <clears throat> saying. I like I feel like this is what you've been saying since the beginning too of like the vision for it. Um so I feel you're definitely there and it's dope to see that because a lot of things, like you said, there's magazines that we have we grew up with that no longer exist that we ran to to see, you know, who's who's on it, what stories, da da da. da. I remember I was writing for Hip Hop Weekly, and the, I don't even know why we even had that magazine. Because honestly, the at that time it was everything was online. It was almost like oh, I don't know, a waste of paper at that point. So, um, <laughs> right. but it's good that people like not everybody was able to evolve. So, um, you know, it's definitely a blessing to be able to you know evolve and get to the places that you guys are now and create those careers for people because um, in the past, you know, there there wasn't that lane for for battle rap. So um, but I want to get back to smack just because um, there are so many things that, you know, influence me and I know my listeners want to know about too. Um, uh, one question that I really want to know is just because I've had these situations myself, um, but I know you definitely have had them, but can you remember any like intense moments where you and your crew were, you know, taping something and, you know, things got heated or things got weird. Maybe it was a very strange situation. Do you have anything like that that you can remember where <clears throat> you guys were like, uh, <laughs> Should we be here? Oh, man, there's, there's, I'm, I'm trying to think, man. Dude, smack's been a while. Um, let's, I, let's think. If you want to, I have URL situations and I have smack situations. I have so many. Let me think. Um, one time we were up in Soundview, and um, Soundview Projects in New York City, which is like the infamous <laughs> housing development. Like you know, it's you can look it up. The stories, it's crazy. It's like right. it's up in the tip of the South Bronx. It's like Peter Guns and Lord Tariq, right? Yeah, it's like way in the back. It's like secluded area. It's like it's 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 crazy, right? So we're there, we're shooting, and the guys know we're there. So one of the guys, it's kind of a funny story too. So one of the guys was there, was like, "Yo, listen, I'm gonna fire my gun. 
I'm going to pull up on this motorbike. I'm going to fire my gun. Then I'm going to ride off on my gun and do a wheelie. And you guys get it on camera. So we're like, cool. (laughs) So we were about to. So we said, all right, we're going to leave. Because once we fire the gun over here, this place is hot. It's a hot location. (laughs) Like This place is. So Smack had like an intern at the time. So he sends the guy to the car and he tells him, listen, get my car, go to, go to the car, bring the car around. We're, we're out of here. I was like, cool. So the guy starts walking. He goes to the car. So the guy pulls up, fires the gun and takes off on the motorcycle. The guy. So there's a car down the block and the car hits the guy off the motorcycle as he's driving down the block, like, knocks him off the bike, and it was like, oh! <laughs> I was like, yo! They're like, yo, the DT's got him! They thought, you know, we thought it was an undercover cop. It's like, yo, the DT's got him, man! Oh, that's crazy! So the car, after the car hits him, the car, like, veers off and drives into a school fence. Like, it crashes. So we're like, oh, shit! Yo, the DT... And everybody's like, yo, when he hit him on the motorcycle, so the guy that got hit on the motorcycle, he flips off the bike, right? I swear to you, it's so crazy. Like, out of nowhere, you just see dudes run out of the project. One guy scoops up the gun, the other guy scoops up the motorbike, <laughs> boom, bomb. Pick up the guy who fell off, and they're out of there. I mean, 2.2 seconds. Boom, bomb. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Picks him up, gets the guy up who got hit by the cop or whatever. So we go down the block, so Smack's like, yo, Where's this dude at, man? We got to get out of here. Like, this is this is hectic. I don't want to be here when the police roll up. So we're looking, we're looking. So we go down the block to see where the guy is at. Turns out that the DT who knocked the kid off the bike is not a detective or a cop. It's Smack's intern. And he knocked the guy off the bike by accident <laughs> and crashed into, into the fence. So I'm oh like, my god! Shit. So it now, was he scared shitless. Like, no, uh, he was pretending uh, like he was knocked out. So he's laying on the steering wheel, and the <laughs> and the car is crashed into the gate. Mind oh. you, there's a box full of Smack DVDs in the back of the trunk of the car. Wait, is the it Smack's smack car or the intern? Yes, the Smack's oh. car. <laughs> That's Smack is pissed. He's like, "Yo, this motherfucker's a numbskull." <laughs> How did he knock the dude off the bike? Like, what is he doing? He's like, yo, man, he's not. I was like, yo, smack, he's knocked out. He's like, man, he's not knocked out, man. Wake up, man. Wake up. I was like, and he's like, yo, this guy's a bozo. How does the guy on the motorcycle with no helmet get knocked off and get up and run into projects? He's in the car and he's knocked out. How is that even possible? Did you get that, that on this. video at least? Nah, nah. That no, would have been great. Right. So then we leave. Right, so we leave, we leave. The, so I, I was driving, so we jump in my car and we leave the scene. Right, so we're like, oh man, we're all stressed out that the police. So we stick around. Oh, we were leaving. The police come, the fire department. They like <laughs> circle the area, start putting down all this tape to see if anyone got shot and if there's any shell. Can- so we just got up out of there, and it was just, it was just, it was just a crazy day that day. It was just wild. You know what I'm saying? Just that was just like one of many wild moments that have happened. You know what I mean? Like I could I could try to remember some more, but 
Well, what do you think? Man. What was the moment where you guys kind of saw like, okay, we made it. You're like, you felt like your work was being recognized. Like, was there that moment that was like a turning point for you? Well, the Smack DVDs were definitely popular and that gave us the recognition and the popularity. But financially, it was okay, but it wasn't up to like, you know, because it, you only could go but so far because it would get bootlegged and it was still independent distribution. So, there were, and you know, you if you would sell it, if you sold it like through a major distribution platform, then you'd have to get clearance from all the labels and the music and all these other things in order for it to be useful. So it was more of an indie grind. You know what I mean? So it wasn't super lucrative. It was cool, but that wasn't really it. You know, when we went to URL, I would say for the first few years, we were going home on the negative side of of making money. You know, we would just have, we would give each other a high five if we pulled off all the battles that we wanted to showcase. Like, we did it. Yeah, we did it. We would be proud of that. Or we'd be going home with like $100. Like, yeah, thank God we pulled that off. You know what I mean? Man, we did it. And we'd be popular. But it was no real money there because, you know, we had to pay the artists. We weren't streaming yet. So it was like it was either the door or, you know, whatever you had left from the door. And then you would go home and that was it. And, you know, YouTube partnerships early on weren't really where they needed to be. So there weren't really wasn't really a revenue stream there. So we just kept working and working. And then, you know, we made money from doors and situations like that where we started to have bigger shows and we would get money. But. The real turn came when we started to stream and stream the events for the fans that couldn't make it out. That was like the turning point when we started to be, what I would say like you, you could actually see some financial reward for your energy that you put forward, you know? And then that's, you know, you had all these people showing up, Kevin Durant, Drake, you know, um, James Harding, you know, Derek Rose, all these different athletes and basketball players and stuff were coming through the events to witness them live. So that's when we started to really, you know, do well. Same, but yeah. And then the next big turning point is when we launched the app, which, by the way, um, we just uh, launched on some additional platforms like the Samsung Smart TV, Xbox, Roku. Um, Fire uh, Stick. Fire Stick and Apple TV. Nice. You know, so far. So that's been for about mm, almost going on two months now since we really launched that. And then, you know, of course, after we did the situation with um, caffeine, you know, now it's like to the point where like I feel like we're like like a label almost, you know, like a label or like like a an network. Organization. Yeah. Yeah. Like a network, like a UFC. Like we have something here where now we're doing events every month. We're always working. We're always traveling, you know, and it's great to like do something in hip hop where you like have your own lane where you don't really have any competition where you're just, you know, we are the UFC of battle rap Mm -hmm. where like you have something where there's nothing, there's other fighting organizations, but there's nothing like the UFC, you know, and that's, you know, where we kind of got a lock on the industry where we're like, you know, we're the ones, right. you know, and that, and it feel, and, it, and we put the work in for that to happen. And it took a lot of times of going home broke or going home in the negative, 
And now, you know, the hard work paid off, you know, and now we're doing even bigger things. And, you know, we got guys up on billboards around the country, you know, all over social media. We've got, you know, ads running on Fox. We got ads running on the boxing matches. We got ads running on Undisputed on all the Fox shows, you know, so it's it's been a great partnership so far. Hasn't even been a year yet. And things are really going good. And we're already forecasting for 2021. So I would say now is a time where I feel like if you say you made it or things are, you know, at their best, it would be now. Now, dope. Dope, Beasley. I love to hear that. Um, and I think what what we're missing in mainstream hip hop, definitely battle rap gives that because you battle rap is where people are still passionate and hungry, like you were saying. Like, like- like they want, they have something to prove. Um, and, you know, mainstream right now is really just about like who people are fucking and what cars they have and sneakers and all that crap. Um, so I want to kind of wrap up because I know I've been keeping you for a long time. Um, but my last question is really about, um, I guess, the secret sauce. Because, you know, to stay together for as long as, you know, I, I know you and Smack are together. I think Chico, are you, Chico's still there, right? Is Norbs yeah. in there? Or is... Nah, Norbs is not with us anymore. Okay. So no. you guys have been together for such a long time. Like, what is it that keeps you guys together and on the same <clears throat> playing field where so many other people ha- can't, can't hold relationships, you know, this long? What is it that you guys have and what is kind of the dynamic and formula that keeps you guys together but then also thriving well i think we all play different roles we all share and wear many different hats but i think the main thing is that you know we talk often and we kind of stay in tune with each other and everybody has a different job i mean even though it's all the same like i deal with certain people chico deals with other certain people smack deals with certain people you know, Chico's really good at just keep helping, keeping us organized and professional and, you know, in contact and following up with our partners. And, hey, did you see the email? Respond. There's a Zoom. You know, there's an interview, you know, where me and Smack are kind of more creative. You know, he's kind of giving us that balance in that regard. So, you know, it's like we all understand each other's talents and where they lie. And we're able to recognize that and utilize it. And there's no ego there. So it's like, you know, we are able to have that balance and everything is fair and equal. So, you know, everybody's working, everybody's getting paid and, you know, profiting from our hard work and effort. So it's not like there's one person who dictates, you know, what happens. You know, it's a democracy here. And, you know, the three partners kind of, lead the way and you know work with each other and we argue amongst each other until we come out with the right decision that we feel makes sense for the company and just the culture in general dope well i only see success for you guys more success you guys have put so much into this and you know getting to see this from the ground up is Definitely special. I have a lot of good memories of Smack and URL uh, TV. So I'm glad that you guys are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and excited to see what 20, 
21 brings. Um, so tell everybody again, um, kind of where to follow you, um, how even if, if people out there like want to get into battle rap, is this something they just like give you guys money or how do they even get into this whole like arena? Well, there's smaller farm leagues, just like there is for baseball, basketball, boxing, mixed martial arts. You got to get out there and find a way to break into those leagues to get eyeballs on you. And then once you put in some work in the smaller leagues, you know, we have scouts and then they start to bring people in and, you know, we audition them and take them through different levels or different platforms that we have within our organization and company. And they fight their way up until we feel that they're ready for um, bigger stages and bigger events. So that's generally how it goes. It's not a, there's no money. There's no buy-in. You got to put the work in. and You got to find a way to get attention and get noticed. So if I said, Damn. hey, I have 10 grand for you. Can I get in on this one? You would be like, no. <laughs> exactly no way <laughs> all right that's good i would to know. say you know i would say look go practice take the 10 grand <laughs> and do an event and record it and show it to me you know what i mean or find somewhere where you can get in or maybe one of the smaller organizations and do some stuff and really make a name for yourself you know? all right cool all right so tell us um all right i, I his instagram is beasley nyc if you want to go see that but and URL TV is at URL TV. Um, but give mm-hmm. us all the, like, where we can go to get everything that we need. So we're we're constant with our content from URL. Yeah. Um, you can go to URL, the URL TV app. You can download that in, in, for Android or um, iOS. You can also download that on your Samsung Smart TV. You go to urltv.tv. You sign up there to become a member, and then you download the app to your phone or your Smart TV or Xbox or Roku or Fire Stick or, you know, Apple TV, any of those platforms. And you can see that, you know, of course, there you can see it on your television. But for, you know, Android or iOS, it's on your phone. Um, You can follow us at urltv. You can see our old back catalog on YouTube at the URL TV. But the majority of that stuff is more so of the older stuff within the last year or so. We haven't really been putting too much battles, too many battles on YouTube. The majority of them live on the URL TV app. When we have big live events, as of right now, you can catch those on the caffeine app where you can download that for free. And there are no VODs on there, so when we air events, you got to watch them like a sporting event. And if you miss them, you can catch them on the URL TV app. The next event is Saturday, September the 19th, Summer Madness 10. It's a stacked lineup of some of the best MCs in the world, and they'll all be competing. And you can tune into that on Saturday, September the 19th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's live, and it's free on caffeine so I like it free so everybody mm-hmm. can watch it um and everybody out there you should google some old one of my favorite interviews that you did because it was so funny i mean it was just funny the way dmx was talking but it was when you interviewed dmx and you were asking about def jam and he was he was talking about la reed and he was like saying i can't i can't what did he say something about chinese slippers and chinese slippers 
that was that was the best ever. Um, I I still watch that sometimes, like every few years. Yeah, the majority of the Smack DVD stuff is not on the URL TV. URL TV is the battle part of the Smack DVD movement. Um, you know, after like I I would say about two thousand and eight. We kind of stopped making the Smack DVD. Smack DVD was the video magazine that was based around the celebrities who were hot at the time. The Ludacris's, the Jeezy's, the Game, um, Jim Jones, Cameron. All the dope shit. All stuff like that is what we were doing on Smack DVD. But, you know, as things change, you know, you got to adapt. And we kind of morphed into making a battle rap league and it's you know, that's where we're at with it. That's where the lyricism lives. That's where that competitive, hard hip-hop vibe is at in hip-hop right now. So, you know, if, you, if you're not with it, get with it, get in tune, and come check it out. Summer Madness, September 19th, you said? Saturday, September 19th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live and for free on the Caffeine app. You can go download that right now and follow the URL TV. Get your notifications, set your alarms, tune in and watch it for free. All right, dope. Thank you, Beasley, for joining the conversation and just catching up with me. It's been a long time and, you know, I've been a fan since the beginning. So I'm glad that we were able to um, catch up and you jumped on my my uh, new podcast. I'm coming back to life kind of slowly, just dipping my foot in the ponds. I might not go all the way in, but um, I appreciate your time and um, everybody out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next time. Make sure you follow me at it's Maya, the B and the show is at the buzz with Maya. Uh, Feel free to recommend topics or, Uh, things that you want to see and I will make it happen until next time.